Welcome to the What If We Loved podcast with your hosts, Bruce and Shay Mason and Janie Hogan. In this podcast, we explore what the love of God the Father really looks like. We want to help you enter into a deeper experience of His love for you so you can better know who God is, who you are, and how to live a life in love every single day. Welcome back to the What If We Loved podcast with Shay and Janie and me, Bruce. We're really uh, excited to be back together. How are you guys doing today? Okay. Yeah, Yeah. we're getting over this uh, flu thing that's been going around. (laughs) Yeah, our church had a a big conference of 1,300 people and I don't know, maybe about 1299 guys. Seriously. So bad. So yeah, Shay and I are recovering, so we apologize if the voice is a little gravelly and you know, all that. But but it's a good conference. It was good, yeah. Good. It was very good. And you're healthy, Janie? So far so good. We did not give it to Janie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to take all my vitamins. That's good. Vitamins. <laughs> Vitamins. <laughs> Hunker down, stay away from everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're um uh, I guess I we're glad um to be back with you all and we just want to thank you all too for the likes and for listening to the podcast. First of all, we're really we love doing it. So we're so glad that that people are listening and we, we hear, we hear feedback from unusual places about people who've listened. Yeah. Like, oh, we really, really love to hear that feedback. So thank yeah. you for reaching out. And that's great. And uh, for the likes and what else do you do with podcasts? Follow Re- reviews, follow. subscribe, yeah. all the good things. Thank you very all the much. Good things. <laughs> all appreciated. Yeah. I wish I was more technologically aware of these things. I got it to a certain age and I just feel like I'm, not quite keeping up like I used to. <laughs> it moves so fast. It does move so fast. I didn't know about the threads thing. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. new to me. I just saw, I was looking up, um, like a little timeline of Facebook came up because it was 20 years ago that he started it, um, which is wild. Yeah. And that is wild. When, yeah. And so then on the timeline, it said at the end, it's like started threads. And I was like, threads are with Facebook? Like, I, I don't even know what threads are. So I was like, wow, I guess I'm, this is where I've lost touch. Yeah. I had a lot of my writer friends join that right off the bat. So I was getting oh. like invitations to join and I'm like, nah, I just can't, I can't do another. Is that a Facebook product? Yeah, I've heard of I it. I guess. But- yeah. I think it's a meta thing. I had no idea. I still don't know. I'm sure <laughs> this, this podcast will age so poorly because we'll look back and be like, have we not know what threads were? <laughs> <laughs> is it supposed to be like a TikTok thing? I no, know. it's like, um, it's like X. Oh, but oh. a Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I knew that, actually. <laughs> Interesting. I knew that. Hmm. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> you are up on it. I just can't remember it because, you know, I'm old. <laughs> actually, I'm not old. But anyway. <laughs> You're so young. I certainly feel like it today. All right. Anyway, um, so we uh, we wanted to talk today about a subject which we've been kind of weighing on our hearts a bit. And I... I I suspect you have, um, maybe either you feel this way or you know people who feel this way. That is, now we're looking out on 2024, which is a campaign season where there's all kinds of craziness going on out in the world right now. You name it, there's potential for an explosion somewhere 
or another. I just don't know anyone who's happy that this is an election year, you know? Yeah. Mm. I mean, why, why? Why do we have to be going through this again? <laughs> right. And this is, we're not trying, this podcast is not intended to be political, really. But we wanted to talk about how, given the fact that we are going through a campaign season, and we all know what that means. If you're listening and you're from the States, you know what this means. And also with the other stuff going on in the world, how do we walk through the season really walking in love and approaching it from the perspective of love? How do we see it through the eyes of love? How do we respond in a loving way? How do we not get wrapped up in the whole swirl of it and see it from the kingdom perspective, see it through the eyes of Jesus and uh, embrace our nation really with the arms of the father in a sense. Yeah. So how do we do that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say that I've done a lot of thinking about this over the last yeah. several years. Um, I mean, because I'm a lot of people may not know this about me, but I'm someone who came. And Bruce did too. We yeah. both came out of working in campaigns and elections. Yes. And I mean, I was a campaign finance person, deeply steeped in that whole world, and it's it's not what it used to be. And I mean, I can't say that it was ever, you know, a great thing, but I used to look forward to election years. Like there was an excitement to me, like election night was like Super Bowl. It was like Super yeah. Bowl Sunday to me. I was like, yeah, yeah. we're going to watch this. This is going to be exciting. And now I'm just like, it turns my stomach. I just can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, I know that it's necessary. We do have to vote and we have to choose our leaders, but it's become so you know, there's always been corruption there. I acknowledge that, but it's just become so contentious and just yeah. there's there's nothing in it that I can enjoy anymore. Why? So, so when you say your stomach turns, is it like in the midst of seeing the results come up and you're just the whole process for the other? Or, yeah, yeah, okay. it's the whole process yeah. and just the, the the ugliness is just on full display. Yeah, yeah, it's reflective now of the deeper divisions within the country. Yeah. That in many ways are tearing things apart. I used to be able to have conversations with friends who are on the other side of the aisle and we could, you know, we could have civil conversations and agree to disagree on things and still be friends and enjoy hanging out. And, you know, I don't really see where that happens anymore. Yeah. I mean, I'm more than willing to sit down with, I still have lots of friends who disagree with me on things, but we don't necessarily talk about those things anymore. Yeah. I have like half of my friends are one side and half of my friends are the other. So it's really interesting too, like even seeing posts on Facebook or whatever. You're more like me. Like we keep a diverse group of friends, I think. And I just, I don't know. I can usually see both sides. Even I'm going to make my own decision and my own opinion, but like I can usually, I try my best to understand where both sides are coming from, even if I don't agree. And I think it's very interesting though, seeing like the different posts where it's very polarized. Right. I'm like, I don't even know how these people, like this person and this person would end up talking to each other. Right. Like it's gotten to that point. Yeah. I had a young person point out to me recently. She said, um, you know, I, I feel like most of my friends don't have anyone around them who has a different opinion on anything. You're just completely surrounded with people who think the same thing. And I'm like, that's really, that's sad because we do need to be able to talk about differences. And if we can't, how do we move forward? Yeah. Yeah, it comes down to where it used to be that we could have opinions 
on things and differ, but it's moved almost now into the level of identity. Mm, <clears throat> that yeah. this is now who I am. I am X, and this is what I believe because I am X. <clears throat> and so, and and if you don't believe what I believe, then obviously there's something wrong with you personally. It's not right. just that your opinion is is I differ from your opinion, but now there's something. As I said, it's like an identity thing. It's something wrong with you and the world is just dividing people up. And I, before we jump into this, I just want to read one scripture because I think that this will set a, um, a baseline. This is from Ephesians 4. I love Ephesians. We've referenced it many, many times on this podcast, but particularly um, about if we think about what God's heart is for his people. Now, I'm, there's the world. Um, and of course, Jesus says, God so loved the world. So the father so loved the world that he sent Jesus to come, um, basically to, to bring the world back into relationship with the father again through him. Um, so there's, there's the world, but then there's, then there's the kingdom and then there's the family of God who exist in the world, but are not actually of the world. So this, the scripture I'm going to read is for that family, um, the family of believers. Um, but this is, I mean, this is, these, this is, I don't want to say principles, but this is how it's meant to be. This is God's heart for his people and how we're supposed to interrelate with one another. So he says this, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And then it continues on in this passage to talk about how um, really the goal for one another and with all our various parts and people is that we're supposed to build one another up and, and the body's building itself up in love. So there's this whole idea of we're loving one another. We're growing together, not separate from one another. We're um, becoming one body and one people. Instead of we are different, we are unique. Paul says there's many parts in the body, but the whole goal of the body is to work together as one. So that we're knitted together. Jesus is the head. And then by being one together, we are then showing to the world a different way yeah that it does it doesn't look like our political systems it doesn't look like the way the world operates and, and because that's not the way the kingdom operates so so this is and there's so much more we could say about what this actually looks like but i wanted to say put that out there right at the beginning because there is a certain certain way of of living and being that's god's heart for his people and actually for the whole world but it's just that you know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And there is a diversity in that unity, which is so, you yeah. know, it's like a paradox, but it's, it's beautiful mm -hmm. that, you know, you can look at the, the way, you know, the Christian community is in, you know, another country in say Thailand or, you know, wherever you could walk into a body of believers and culturally it may look very different, but we are united as part of the body of Christ. Right. And so I just, I love that idea that it is okay to have different perspectives, different 
cultural backgrounds, diff- different, you know, ethnicities, and, and yet we can all come together in true unity. Yeah, and that's amazing. Well, let's look for a minute, just, let's, let me just throw some ideas out. Is that when we think about the world and how it operates and the language of the world today, um, and we can look and see this all on display in this country here, what's, what is, what's some of the voices, what are some of the things that, um, that it loves to speak about? You know, I mean, just right off the, the bat, I'm going to say this uh, offense, yeah. like taking offense at everything. I was just even reading this morning a blurb on, on one of the news sites I looked at um, about people taking offense at the fact that Taylor Swift last night at the Grammys didn't hug Celine Dion when she got up to receive her award. And people were, were outraged really offended about how, you know, she did this, whatever, you know, so ascribing a particular, um, you know, motive to Taylor Swift in that situation and, you know, whatever, and, and, whether you yeah, like and Taylor you have no not. idea why that yeah. didn't happen or whatever. But my point is that there's this default immediately to look at a potential problem or to take offense at something somebody says or did. It doesn't matter whether it's a reality or not, whether okay. you're perceiving it as is correctly or not, but there's an offense that comes. Yeah. And I wonder if that stems from just our desire to find right, like to find good and to find right. Cause a part of me is like, why do we, why are we so critical and why do yeah. we look and try to pick at things and, and see, Oh, they were wrong here. And it doesn't make sense other than, are we just trying to figure out the most right way maybe i don't know but it kind of mm. ends up re- resulting in these bizarre interests in like into like little tiny issues yeah. right and which then are obsessed over to say that yeah. like my view of right would have looked like this but yeah. since this mm-hmm. didn't look exactly like that then it must be wrong and i must be offended I don't, I don't yeah. know but then yeah but then it's like why do we do and maybe we're just the way god designed us is we're designed to look for perfect in him, like to see, Mm. to see the perfect one. And maybe we're just kind of channeling it to all these other areas and trying to find perfect and trying to decide what perfect is. Mm. I'm not really sure, but Mm. it's bizarre. (laughs) I mean, I think that can take us back to the two trees. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Well, and before that, I mean, unless you have the Holy spirit in you, you don't really have access to the wisdom and knowledge and understanding of God. And so that part of your heart that probably is looking for what is real and true and right, you know, if you're someone who's not um, a follower of Jesus, but you don't have the capacity to really find that right, or to fully understand it because you're seeing through uh, eyes or a heart that, that whose eyes haven't been opened yet. Right. And so it's a different way of But it is at written it. into us, right? But it's to look written. for That's objective yeah. objective good, objective beauty, objective truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I do think that there's something in every person, like believer or not, that's that's just I think the way that God's kind of made us is to try to find him. Like to try to find oh, him. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that yeah, ingrained or printed on our hearts almost right. like Yeah. So maybe I don't know. I'm it's interesting. It's hard to kind of fathom how it all happens but I do think that I am a person that believes in general people are trying to mm-hmm. do good like people are trying to mm-hmm. find the right way and 
whether or not we do it is another issue, but I, I really, I don't know. I just, I have that belief in me. So maybe that's... You're an optimist. Yeah, I'm definitely an optimist. And maybe that's kind of... That most people you know, are trying their best. Yeah, just most people. I mean, obviously there are exceptions. And, and even with trying your best, there are things that get in the way. Like some people will have mm-hmm. um, just some horrible influences that take over that desire. Like yeah. they'll, they'll decide, I'd rather screw someone over because I'm so angry with them, then try to look for them. Like there, right. there are things like that. But and I we, think, yeah, and we all have a certain yeah. level of blindness. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Of course, <laughs> in the gospel, at the end of the day, every, every best that we try to be is not going to, is always going to fall short. Exactly. Yeah. Because only God is beautiful and perfect yeah. in every way. But the joy of course is then when we come to follow him, then we actually get him dwelling within us. And so he begins to shape us and change us and bring us into that beauty and perfection and mm-hmm. all the things that, that our hearts long for. So it's yeah. the fulfillment of the thing that we can't do for ourselves. But it's, um, so that's all really good news. Um, but with, um, you know, with the, the, back to the language of the world, you have the offense, the outrage, the judgment, um, just the, the general division of dividing people into groups and categories and things that, you know, God designed us to be one, just as he and I mean, Jesus prays that we would all be one as he and the Father are one. But everyone feels they need yeah. all these labels. Right. And it's like, really? You're just, you're just a son or a daughter of your heavenly Father. It's really quite simple. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes down to it, but we make it more complicated. And so when we go through a political season like this, all that just gets, and particularly in our country now, all that gets so elevated and heightened and because what do you do in politics you look for the various interest groups so if you're a candidate you're going to say who are the people who i can reach out to that are particular categories and groups so that i can get them to support me and i can get the votes of their constituencies and all these things right like from the from that perspective it's like a necessity to divide and label people but i mean as i mean bruce and i spend a lot of time outside the country and so i mean i think we can honestly say that from an outside perspective, people are looking at our country going, what is wrong with all of you? <laughs> What's going? We've like, heard that a lot. What's yeah, going on? Like, <laughs> that's just, that's crazy. Like, right. like we kind of enjoy watching it because it's nuts, but yeah, you guys have lost the plot. Yeah, I remember talking to some people in New Zealand and they were just as versed um, as some Americans in the American politics. Yeah, and some of them on. get really polarized by it too. And I'm like, what... What difference does it make to you? Like, you're not even an American. <laughs> I know. But it somehow has, has seeped into the, the language of a lot of, um, well, a lot of Christianity, actually, it's seeped into. Yeah. You yeah. see a lot of the, pol- the polarization and politi- politicization. Politi- politicization. <laughs> <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> In, uh, yeah, the politics seeping into the Christianity itself. Um, and that's a whole other topic, I suppose. Because Jesus was not political. No. Like I mean, his way was always the third way in a sense. Right. I um I was thinking a lot about that this morning actually, and I pulled up this quote that I thought was really good. It was it's by David Carradine, which is sort of a weird source for That's a weird source, yeah. Very weird source. Um yeah, definitely not like a Christian role model or anything. Um but and I did look up, he actually said this. He says there there's an alternative. There's always a third way, and it's not a combination of the other two ways, it's a different way. Hmm. 
And I just, I love that idea that the Jesus's way is not a combination of two other ways. It's entirely different. It's a yeah, different a way of living. It's a different way of, of viewing life because it's a, it's an entirely different lens that we see through. And if, if the eyes of our heart are open and we can see through yeah. that lens, it changes everything. We don't have to play the game in a sense that the rest of the world is playing. Because yeah. otherwise we're taking Jesus and we're trying to conform him and fit him into our particular worldview or political perspective to say, well, this is, Jesus this would is like this. This is the format that you have to choose between Jesus. Like you have to tell me. <clears throat> right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it becomes, it becomes, I don't know, I almost feel it's almost kind of like offensive to Jesus. I don't know whether he takes that perspective or not, but just that, that somehow we say you have to be like this in my image or in my idea of what my political view should be right. or in whatever, instead of thinking about it, he's just, he's just outside of the whole thing. Right. That's not, you know, I mean, he, he entered into our world to show us the other way, right? Not to take on our political nature or our worldview. Like, no, right. if we, if we ascribe that to him, we are dead wrong. I think it's interesting too. I was just thinking, cause I was like, well, Jesus was good at, he knew that political decisions had to be made. Like he knew government decisions had to be made. And when he said, you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's exactly. and stuff like that. It's like, he understood that the way we live in the world, there was like a system that was in the world and he didn't tell people like, okay, you need to be anarchists and just like not pay anything and go hide. Yeah. But I also, yeah. but I also think, um, it's interesting cause Jesus was born into such a tumultuous government where like yeah. the person before was, was it Herod that's trying to kill all the babies? Yeah. And so like if, if there were, if there was anyone that was going to get distracted by politics, it would have been someone in Jesus's age because of these crazy things that were happening. That's a good point. And yet he still didn't, he, he didn't say, Hey, don't, don't care. Don't vote. Be anarchist. But he didn't say, this is our focus. He just treated it kind of like how I believe we should treat it, where it's it's present in our life. And it's a reality. Have, it's a reality, and we do have power in our, who we vote for, especially in our democracy. That was not how it was back then. Right. Um, right. But we do have power. But it's not. It wasn't. It wasn't the top topic of Jesus. That's for sure. And I right. think with a lot of Christians today, we've gotten so distracted and we've let it be our top thing. And I'm not saying that we can't care because we should care. We should care that we're doing things that we believe in mm -hmm. and that we pray about our decisions and we make decisions based on what we feel Jesus leading us to. I think that's so wonderful, but it's like become so many people's lives. Right. And no yeah. political system is going to equal kingdom. It doesn't work no. that way. And, you know, Jesus didn't come to topple the Roman empire. Yeah. You know, some people thought the Messiah would do that, but that's not what Jesus did. He came to usher in the kingdom. Yeah. And, and that's the perspective as believers that we need to keep is that, yes, we live in the world, but we have the opportunity to live from a kingdom perspective. And to demonstrate that. Kingdom. Yeah. Which is entirely <clears throat> other. That is, that is the third way. Jesus wasn't, in, in one sense, he wasn't bothered by the world because he knew what the world was and the world did. Obviously, he wanted those in the world to come into the kingdom. So, I mean, he was concerned in in that sense. But it wasn't like he walked around, you know, wringing his hands that, 
<laughs> that the Romans were being, you know, who the Romans were. Yeah. It wasn't like that. Exactly. He was saying, okay, this is the way the world is, but I have something that is not of this world. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, it's, I'm calling you now out of, in a sense, out of the world. You're going to live in the world, but you're not going to live according to the world. It's different. Yeah. And what, and what does that look like? It looks like not taking offense. It looks like right. keeping a record of wrongs. It looks mm-hmm. like loving others. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's just not, it's not what we see in so many segments of our society. Yeah. I think people forget that you can still care and give it your all, but still do all of those things you just said. Yeah. Like I think people get in these tunnel vision things where it's like, if I have, you know, if I take any responsibility for the governance that God's given me or the ownership of opinion that God's given me or the power that God's given me, then I need to be all in this way. And then it's like none of the kindness and none of the listening and none of anything that Shay just said. So it's like, well, how can, what we can do both, you know, we can be political advocates for things we believe in and still be kind and unified and imagine that. (laughs) Yeah. I think of, um, um, the famous William Wilberforce mm. yeah. in England. I mean, he was, I mean, he was single-handedly responsible for ending the slave trade. Yeah, mm-hmm. he cared you know? passionately about that issue, and he he used the political political system for great good in that sense. Yeah, he did. So it's that. So it's not that that we. I mean, God calls Christians to be in all kinds of spheres, you know, world spheres. But we're not. It, the problem is, is that when we then look to those world spheres and we think somehow that they are the answer to things. Yeah, right. So we say that, well, it's this particular candidate or this particular political system. I mean, I don't know. Capitalism is not a kingdom system. Socialism mm-hmm. is not a kingdom system. None of these things are actual None of them are, kingdom yeah. systems. Some it's, systems <clears throat> might be better than others, yeah, better but represent, none of them yeah. are kingdom systems. You know, each each has their their positives and their negatives, but you know, it's the only way that human flourishing is going to happen is through the one who created us in the first place. Right. So when we when we make our idol or our savior, in a sense, that candidate, that system, that government, that country, whatever it is, then we're we're, we're really treading on very shaky ground. Yeah. At that point, because that's that's a house of sand built on sand. Right. Mm-hmm. Because no. all those things are infinitely corruptible. Right. Or even to say, like, we we need to get get back to being a Christian nation. Well, do we? What does and that mean? And were we ever? I mean, I, I know this is open, opening a huge can of worms, but I would argue that we never were. Mm-hmm. Um, not all of our founders were Christians. Um, Thomas Jefferson, I would argue, definitely was not a Christian. Um, you know, then, then maybe that's a discussion for another time. But, right. but why do we make this our ideal? I mean, Jesus never said go and make Christian nations. Right. Yeah. He said. He said. I. It, it, you know. I've come to. I, I have overcome the world. So he's overcome all the things in the world. So we live in a world system. We live in, with nations. We live with politics. We live with all of this. So it's it's not a matter of okay, let's just overthrow it all or withdraw from it all. But what does it look like to live as a believer, as someone who's filled with love within these systems yeah. without getting essentially addicted to them or idolizing them right. or seeing them as somehow the answer that somehow supplants who Jesus is and what he came to do? And that's a tricky thing. And I actually think that, you know, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of the church today in, in America that has fallen into that trap. Yeah. And 
it's may not be intentional, but I think that we've fallen into that that trap and forgotten sort of some of the main things. Mm. And um, you know, it does. I don't know if I want to talk about the two trees now or not. You know, I, I, do before, th- I really would like you to go there. <laughs> but, you, you know, this is a topic really deserves its, its own podcast. But if you think back to way back to the Garden of Eden, you know, God creates Adam, creates Eve, really it's Adam, you know, Adam, however you pronounce it. But, but Adam and Eve are designed to rule and reign and subdue. Well, when you the say world. Adam, you're you're talking about Adam and Eve together. Together as one, as yeah. one. yeah, thank you. And um, and that they were supposed to be co-rulers of all of creation. And then in this garden, you know, they're they're supposed to eat. They can eat from anything that they want, except from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so they don't eat from it until the serpent comes around and you know, they get tempted and it's Eve that gets tempted, but Adam is just as culpable because he's right at her side. When, perhaps more culpable perhaps more, because yeah. he was the one that received the initial That's command. right. She didn't. <laughs> um, but then, so they eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it says in the passage that suddenly their eyes were opened and suddenly they're seeing differently that before they were naked and unashamed, and but now suddenly they're seeing their nakedness. They're seeing their vulnerability. They're seeing essentially that something is wrong. They had no concept of wrong or right before, but all of a sudden, boom, they eat of this fruit. Suddenly now there's something that's right, something that's wrong. And in particular, they say think something's wrong with them. So they experience shame. They put on these terrible leaves to try to cover themselves. They hide from God. So all of this you know, is now entered into the human condition. And so you have now right and wrong, this concept of good and evil, this duality in a sense yeah. that's come into human thinking, human living, human experience the, the that was eyes, never there before, uh, never intended. The eyes of their mind have been opened. While the eyes of the heart have been closed, yeah. and so, so this was way bigger than this. We can. I like the summary, though. The, I think it's going podcast. well. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, so something fundamentally changes in, in humanity. So they were in complete intimacy with their father, with God before this. Their hearts were connected, one to one. You know, they conversed with the father in the garden, and now suddenly, boom! There's this chasm in a way that that forms between it's not that god has left them but they're now experiencing a separation right from him and now they're seeing everything through their lens of the eyes of the mind which is a lens of judgment which is a lens of judgment trying to figure out what's right what's wrong yeah, all exactly. the time yeah which which is why i think this is so relevant to this discussion because i think this is what we get caught up in even mm-hmm. as christians that were like, oh, I've got to, I've got to figure it out. I've got to be on the right side of this. Right. Mm-hmm. I've got to be opposed to this. And it's really not. We were never intended to live in that place of of judgment, of having to absolutely know what's right and what's wrong. Right. Because it wasn't, it wasn't part of our our lived experience. It was just us in intimacy with God. And suddenly now we're in a place where, and this is written throughout all of human you know history, having to decide. On, by by some form of um, uh, by some system of rights and wrongs, you know, 
that something is, you know, deciding that something is right or something is wrong in different cultures and different nations. You know, we all have different ideas of what that right, right. and what that wrong is, but it brings in judgment. It brings in um, value judgments about things. Well, and, and, and God had to give the law then yeah, because then that's that. how we had to approach things after the fall. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, because now you have Adam and Eve who are living according to a system of rights and wrongs, and that's mm -hmm. how their mind works. So that's so, how they so think. It's like, okay, here's Adam and Eve. I'm going to so, speak your language. So now, yeah. okay, so how we help them, how do I help them mm -hmm. to live in a you know, holy way, a righteous way, knowing full well that they can't actually fully live that way? But I'm going to give them something that will help them. Mm -hmm. For two reasons. One is to help them and two, to show them that they can't do it. Right. <laughs> Paul talks about this. And then ultimately Jesus comes and fulfills it for them. But this is all written to the history. And politics is such a perfect example of that operating out of the wrong tree. Right. Because it's, this is the right idea. This is the wrong idea. This is the right policy. This is the wrong policy. This is the right um, framework for thinking about how to run a country. Well, this is the wrong framework. And and those are not necessarily debates that are bad to have, but you can't escape that. Mm -hmm. And so that's when we run into um, how do we live from the perspective that we had in the garden and that Jesus came to restore, where we're living, leading from the tree of life, right? Where we're no we're no longer thinking and operating through the lens of our mind trying to constantly weigh what's good and right and bad and in a sense then trying to please God by trying to always do the right thing and not the wrong thing, but actually living in a place where we're just at home mm -hmm. and we're living according to the spirit that God's put in us, which naturally causes us to do the things that God desires. Right, like intimacy with Jesus. I mean, mm -hmm. when Jesus came right. he, and then we received the Holy Spirit, like all of that makes it possible then for us to return to that state, right. albeit imperfectly now, right. but to return to a state where it can be God's voice mm -hmm. and his wisdom that's guiding us right. rather than the wisdom of the world. Yeah, And it's, it's finding that intimacy. That's why I think there is a huge movement toward intimacy in the body right yeah. now because people are realizing that's the way. Yeah. To, to be in such a state of intimacy that you're not having to figure it out for yourself. This is right. This is wrong. But we're just being guided by, by love, mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. his spirit. And that looks different. It looks really different than the way the world approaches things. Because we've not been created. I mean, our, our, our physical bodies, you know, as well as our emotions and our spirits, are, they simply aren't designed to carry all of this stress, all of this fear, all of this outrage, all of the offense, all of the judgment, all of this stuff. We're not, we're just not made for that. And so it doesn't surprise me at all that as this is all intensified, that people are now going, whoa, wait a minute. It's too much. It's too much. It's too too much. much. Well, yeah, all the mental health issues. Yeah. People are exhausted. They're angry. They're <clears throat> frustrated. Mm -hmm. You know, but if, if you're sitting there and this is all you're seeing on TV or, you know, all you're listening to on podcasts is just this, you know, anger and offense and, oh my gosh, that's just going to, it's going to destroy you from within. Yeah. It's just, oh, sorry. It's just interesting, like thinking when you were talking about the garden and going back to that way of thinking, mm -hmm. I could see a lot of people th saying, well, things aren't perfect now. Like that was easy to do when things were perfect. Mm -hmm. 
but now how do I kind of maintain that intimacy with God making decisions in a world that does demand or seems to demand mm -hmm. these like these right and wrongs where mm -hmm. there is evil? Because I would say, I would think a lot of people would listen to that and be like, well, now there is evil and before there wasn't. So yeah. it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think, but we're not saying that, we're not talking about, you know, we're not saying that there's no evil because there is evil. We're saying that the responsibility of figuring out right and wrong, especially in the gray areas, I would say, like with the, with politics or with random stuff, I think it's very taxing and it was never meant to be mm. like, that's, right. it sounds like I can just see some people saying, well, does that mean that you're saying we shouldn't care that evil's being ha like being done because back in the garden, there was no evil being done. So how yeah, do you well, decide that? Obviously that's not. I mean, we should care and we should stand up yeah. when, you know, there's persecution, obviously things like that. Yeah. We can have a voice. Trafficking. And, you know, in, in areas of justice, of course, but, I mean, how you do it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, can we bring God's wisdom into those things as a solution? Mm -hmm. And, and to take it back to like what you were talking about, Janie, Jesus lived in a, an incredibly turbulent mm -hmm. time and he didn't try to take on all the injustices that were going on. He was the answer himself mm -hmm. and he is available to us and his spirit is available to us. So in a sense, we don't need to be the ones to figure it out. But if we follow the leading of the spirit, yeah, yeah. good can come of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's okay to care about the things <laughs> that are going on in the world. It's not about not caring, but it's about what you're seeing the solution to be. Exactly. Yeah. And so where's yeah. your heart? Where are you attaching your heart? Are you attaching it to the political process? Or a political or candidate. You, or a candidate or whatever. Are you actually keeping it, you know, and falling into that place of intimacy and connection with the one who is the answer, the only one who is the answer. Yeah. And we're going to live in this messy world for a time yet to come to whenever it is that Jesus finally comes and returns. But we're, we're called to so much more than this. And I think we've settled for, uh, it's almost like enticing. It's like an apple or a fruit's been <laughs> handed to us by the enemy again. He says, hmm, eat more from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah, eat yeah. more from this place so that you are constantly distracted, constantly divided, constantly um, in a place of, of um, like chaotic stress as opposed to actually feeding from the tree of life. Mm -hmm. Continually, right. moment by moment, day yeah. by day. Because if we keep fighting the way that we have been with the world and fighting with one another, the enemy has us where he wants us. Well, just think how much more effective we're going to be if we're approaching it from a place of not being intimidated by the world, if we're coming at it from a place of real love yeah. and we're in a place of rest, then how much more effective can we be at tackling the issues that really matter? Yeah. You know, the things, the actual injustices and things that maybe the world's getting outraged about. We don't have to get outraged about it, but we can say that is a problem. Mm -hmm. And we have something that we can bring into that problem right. that's the real solution. But we're going to do it from a place of rest and peace. Right. As exactly. opposed to, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, and it just brings me <laughs> thinking of, I'm trying to think of an analogy, but the best thing I can think of is if I were running a candy store and a kid came in and stole a piece of candy. If I were so obsessed with my candy business, um, maybe I'd be like, this kid's going to jail. 
I'm beating mm-hmm. this kid. I'm going to make sure he suffers. Like this sounds ridiculous, but like <laughs> I, I was just thinking, I was like, if you're obsessed with a system mm-hmm. and right. it's so easy to lose your calm and to lose mm-hmm. your decision-making, like your, your peaceful decision-making where like if, if I'm running a candy business and I'm just very surrendered about it and saying, okay, I'm trying to do the best I can with this candy business. God help me in running this business. This is what I want to do. And a kid comes in and steals a piece of candy it's not like I'm flipping tables, like upset about <laughs> right. this. It, me, me, it, that's the thing is like I could ask God and be like, God, what do I do about this kid who stole a piece of candy? Yeah. Or should I let this go? Or should I should I really be like disciplinary with this? And this is such a silly example, but I just feel like that's what it looks like to keep your head, to be like, right. Right. if I'm centered in Jesus, it's not always life and death when we think it is. It's like right. you can go to God and be like, where is where where should I where should I go with this? Like yeah. what what do you say about it instead of just initially just reacting because we're so up in arms and right. so right. and maybe it looks like just you know touching the kid on the arm and saying hey what's going on exactly Can we talk yeah about this? there could be so- <laughs> that's a very that's a very yeah example of, that's exactly what you'd do <laughs> but I just yeah I mean like with this analogy it's I think it's just so easy to when you get obsessed with something that you forget to go to God with it and you forget to be centered and calm and to, you can still do, you can still in that, in that example, I could still, if God says, Hey, you know, actually I do want you to go forward with disciplinary actions. I might still like, if that were the case, I'd be like, okay, I'm still going to, the action might not change. Mm -hmm. I could still record, like I could report it to the police angry, or I could report it to the police calm and centered. Mm -hmm. The action might not change, but my obsession would, right, and right. my level headedness, and check. my heart mm-hmm. posture, and my love towards the child, and like right. all these other things, that's completely different. And with politics, if our love for the other person is right. not present, mm-hmm. we've lost it. Like right. we've lost track. That's right. Totally. Yeah. It's and that should be our only agenda is love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, when we go to someone who maybe disagrees with us on just about everything. But when we approach them with them, obviously there's going to be some people who aren't going to want to receive it. We can't control that. But I'm always amazed at how far a little love goes Mm -hmm. when you approach someone and hear why they believe what they believe and what they've been through. And then, you know, share your perspective from a loving place and just let them feel seen and heard and, and maybe maybe not start with even sharing your perspective, but just hearing them out, it can make a big difference. It can. Just a little just a little thing can make a huge difference. But it's um it's almost like we have to be continually reminded yeah. right. to do that because the noise is right. so loud. But that's right I mean now. that is what the Holy Spirit does. Yeah. It's that that constant voice of love yeah. saying, go to the other with love. Yeah, and definitely. because I love them mm-hmm. and through me, you can love them too. Yeah. Love. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good place to come back to. It's a good, good place <laughs> to come back to. Yeah. Thank goodness we have a God who is love because mm-hmm. I don't, otherwise I don't know how we would make it through this life. I mean, my, my prayer you for know? this election year is that we would stop into a new place of love, understanding <laughs> that, yeah. that God brings a remedy to all of this nonsense. Yeah. And that remedy is love. Mm-hmm. And he showed us how it's done. That's right. Over and over again. Mm-hmm. And if we can learn to walk 
in his ways, this year might look different. It could, at least, at least for some. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, hopefully at least, you know, on the individual level, we, you know, we can't change other people, but we can hopefully keep our peace. Mm -hmm. And, and I do believe that spills over to the people around us. Mm -hmm. So our heart really for, well, for us, but for you all who are listening is that you will, you know, we don't know what your perspective on things are, you know, how invested in politics you are not or, or anything really about you. And when we're happy, you're listening. So we know that, I guess you'd like to hear us, but that's about all we know about you. Um, But we, we really hope and pray for you as we do for us that actually that that we can all take a step back together, take a step back into the loving arms and then the heart of our father. And that we can very specifically ask God for his eyes and his understanding and his heart for this season so that we can walk and live in a, in a different way. Because I think that the, the world so desperately needs that. I think in this country, we need people who are actually walking in peace. Definitely. Um, so if you're, you know, if you are stressed out right now, and you know, and we, you know, I'll totally confess that it's very easy for me to get because Shay and I were both in politics for so long. Even though we're kind of like, oh, enough in a way. There's still that. There's like this political bug. You can still get really sucked in really <laughs> easily and start suddenly realizing you've got very strong opinions on things, and suddenly you're all wrapped up in. At least I'm, I'm speaking for myself, but you know, <laughs> all wrapped up in the the injustice of thing, injustice, and in the. And I have to go. Wait a minute. How much energy am I expending on this right yeah. now? that is not needed to be expended, which is just wasteful. And I, I, I just pray that if that's like you, if you're like me in that mm-hmm. way, that, that God will, will bring a deeper conviction yeah. to say, Hey, Hey, that's not my voice. That's not my heart. Yeah. Cause his voice doesn't sound like no. the chaotic voice of the world. It's like, we're playing a different game in a sense where it's like, we, we don't, that's not our, our language. We have a different language. We have a different pace. We have a different we, everything. And so, you know, it's like that, um, that quote from that old eighties movie war games. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, the famous quote, the only winning move is not to play. Of course right. they're talking about nuclear war there, but, mm-hmm. but that's, it's become like my <laughs> mantra with the political thing. And I, I'm not saying I'm not going to vote or any of that. Of course I am, but, yeah. but I just don't want to, I don't want to play the game anymore. Like I, it, it robs me of peace and I just, I don't, want to go there but for for any of you who are listening from i know we have a lot of like international listeners yeah that's true um yeah you're probably going what's what are you talking about (laughs) i just say pray for us please (laughs) (laughs) forgive us we know not what we do (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's um the beautiful thing is that is that again jesus has overcome the world So all this stuff that we think of is important or yeah, none of this stuff really matters at the end of the day. I mean, there are things, there are things we should care about. So we're not saying that, that just become disengaged from everything. Obviously there's things and ways that Christians can yeah. And he does call us in, to, yeah, to move exactly. and act in certain ways. But it's a, again, it's a question of the heart. Yeah. Where is your heart? Is it wedded to, to the the system is it wedded to the candidates is it wedded to the 
the government? What is, what's it wedded to? Or is it wedded to the one who loves you most, who is Jesus and his incredible father? Yeah, that's where peace is. That's yeah. where joy is. That's where contentment is. Yeah. So why don't we spend a moment and pray? Mm. Yeah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask that even right now that your peace will fall. That your peace will come and surround us and fill us, calm us, settle us, settle our spirits, our emotions, our thoughts. Father, I think it's incredibly good news, actually, that you are completely aware of everything that is going on in this world that you made. You're not detached. You're not disinterested. That actually, you still love this world that you sent your son into. to love, to save, to restore, to make new. And I thank you for the fact that those um, who are followers of Jesus have your spirit within us and that we can be a part of your reconciling work. Now, we don't have to play the world's games. In fact, we're expressly not supposed to that we have a different, it's like a different melody that we get to enjoy, a different song to sing, different fragrance to carry, that we get to be ambassadors of your love to this world that so desperately needs your love, Father. Father, I pray that you will give each of us a real heart of kindness during this season. That we're kind to other people, even people who may very strongly disagree with us, that we treat them with kindness. And we're also kind to ourselves as well. I pray that there is a spirit of unity that grows and grows and grows among the body of Jesus. That we see only love. That we react only in love. That we dwell only in love. And that we see in one another that which unites us. First and foremost as different as we may be from one another, that we see that the most important thing that we have together is the Spirit, is the one who loves us most. <clears throat> Father, we pray for grace and for your compassion for this nation as we go through this season, that God, that whatever your heart and desire is for this country and its future, that that will be 
what is manifested, what comes to pass. We thank you that it's all in your hands. And that's not just a defeatist way of, of thinking, but that actually it's in your hands. <laughs> that's the best place for it to be. And show each one of us how, if in any way, you want us to participate and being you, your hands, your feet, your love in these processes or the government or wherever it might be. I just thank you that you care, that you really, really care. And so, Father, um, we love you. I don't know if you guys have anything you want to add or pray. I love you too, God. <laughs> yeah, just for all of us, Lord, just help us to walk even more deeply in your love. Yeah. Yeah, I also I I want to pray for I want to pray for everyone listening that um yeah, that you would experience a new beauty in listening to God and letting him mm, guide you. Yeah. That this would be a really beautiful time for that and that you'll have an ease about it even if you can't hear perfectly that you'll you'll learn different ways of sensing his peace and um, I pray that, yeah, I pray everyone listening um, just senses your peace mm -hmm. in the midst of making decisions and yeah. that they know, um, yeah, that they know that they can try their best and that's all they can do yeah. and um, that there would be a lot of peace and freedom mm -hmm. on them. Yeah. That whatever happens on election day, God has not changed. Yeah. He is the same yesterday today and forever and his love endures amen amen <laughs> amen amen well i think we covered a lot of ground today <laughs> I, <so>. I guess <laughs> i feel like yeah like we didn't mean to cover as much as we did and it just yeah went all kinds of directions and maybe we'll um we'll revisit this again Oh, there'll be plenty of material this year. Yeah, that's probably, <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> well, thanks again, everybody, for listening, for being a part of this podcast with us. We're doing this not just because we would like to hear each other talk, although we do love hanging out and talking with one another. <laughs> we do. We have these discussions even before we yes. turn on the mics. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we're like, oh, wait, we surely have it on right now. <laughs> but we're doing this because uh, we care about you all, and we just want you to know how much you're loved and that um, that God is truly faithful, always. So I guess um, that's it for today. And we will uh, talk to you all next time. I think we've got an interview next time, mm -hmm. I believe. So we'll just leave that hanging there. You can be in suspense. Yep, that'll be a fun one. That'll be a fun mm -hmm. one. So God bless everybody. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to the What If We Loved podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe and also leave us a rating. It really helps us get the word out there. For more information about our ministry, Love Inside Out, please visit our website at loveinsideout.org. Thanks for listening.